Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Ross Green, coming to you live again, not quite from the offices of Lives in the Balance in Portland, Maine, but from Portland, Maine, due to some family circumstances, I'm doing the program from home today, so there is some meaningful chance you will hear a dog barking, and though I have been promised silence from the younger people who live in this household, we will find out if they can um, stick to it. Um, today, we're going to do any town elementary again for as long as we can. Um, any town did a recording of a plan B this week, but the recording didn't load correctly. And so we're going to hear about the plan B that they did with a student in their school, but we are not going to actually hear the plan B itself. Um, and then if that discussion um, uh, doesn't take the entire program, I've got a few emails that we can respond to as well. But let's bring our good friends at Anytown Elementary on the air with us now. How are you all today? We're good. 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 Beautiful and sunny here in Anytown. Well, it is beautiful and sunny here in Portland, Maine. So um, I'm sure it's not beautiful and sunny somewhere, but um, we are lucky today. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I'm sorry that the recording didn't work. We were well, excited um, for you to listen to it. It was an hour-long recording. I did get to listen to a good part of it, uh, but only six minutes and 35 seconds of it loaded, so I'm not exactly sure why. Um, oh, okay. Now, <laughs> what we what we can do is we can try to listen to part of it, I did have one concern about it, and that is that I was wondering if the name of the student, which begins with a C, is the real name of the student, in which case we won't play it. No, it's not his name. It's not his name. Then, you know what? Let's take our chances here. Um, see what of the see what the six minutes and thirty five seconds is comprised of, and um, we'll go from there. Sound like a deal? Yeah, yeah it does. Now, Do you want some background thing. or first, no? What's that? Did you want some background or no? I do. You know what I want to do first, though. I want to play the first minute or so, uh, the, the first ten seconds, because I want to see the first three minutes of the recording um, is not Plan B itself. It's right. Your, the first two and a half minutes. Right. Correct. And so I want to, um, yeah. Let's do the background. Then I don't I mean I don't know what we're going to have here. So we'll play what we've got. But I need to silence it for the first three minutes, anyways, because I can't. Um, uh, cut those three minutes out and people aren't going to want to listen to those three minutes. So I'm actually going to start playing it before we play it, silence it, and then start it up once we hit the three-minute mark. But I have no idea how much we're actually going to be able to listen to. But give us some background information. 
Um, and then I'm going to give you the background, our listeners, the background on the plan B that you did and give you some initial feedback, and then we'll listen to whatever is on the recording. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So give us some background. What do you got? What are we listening to? So, uh, well, this boy is in grade six and can be very emotional, emotionally volatile, um, some of which is aggressive to the point of being perceived as a bully. Uh, we are only addressing his difficulty in asking for help in working with fractions in math in this Plan B. You are addressing only his difficulty asking for help in math in this Plan B. That's correct. Good. Um, the good news is um, that's, a, that's a nice... Oh, now see... Oh, okay. The, the email that I'm receiving from your school psychologist is that it is his real name, but the parents said it would be okay. So we <laughs> oh, will, rat. We will, we will play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so here's the deal. Um, and that's fine. Uh, I had a comment about that as an unsolved problem. Okay. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about this unsolved problem of difficulty asking for help in math because um, it is possible, we need to hear more about it from you all because we're not going to be able to listen to more than 10, 12, 15 minutes of recording anyway, but it is possible that um, there is an embedded solution in that unsolved problem. Oh. And we haven't talked about that very much, if at all, because this is our first Plan B recording. Um, we want to try to stay away from embedded solutions. And believe it or not, difficulty asking for help in math may have an embedded solution in it. But tell us a little bit more about what it is that you were trying to work with him on. Um, so this student, beginning of the year, was very, um, if he came across something he had difficulty in, he would pack up his book and just stick it away. And if you would ask him, did you finish it, he would say yes. And so then you, if you asked him to rot, bring it out, he would bring it out and it would be on. As um, the years progressed, we moved on. He said he needed extra help. He preferred a small group environment. And so he started going to our learning support group for math, just a small group. And he was doing, doing really well. When he was with me in class, he was asking me questions. When he was with um, the learning support teacher, um, he was starting to have some success in math. And then we've noticed lately he stopped. He will just sit there and um, not do the work. Um, if he knows what he's doing, he'll work away, and then when he comes to something he doesn't know, he'll just put it away. And even to the point now in the small group, he'll just sit there and wait for the uh, learning support teacher to put the answer on the board, as they do do a very collaborative. He does an example, the question, kids do a question, and then they share out the questions. Um, so we were trying to get to why he's uh, sort of back to not wanting to put his hand up or ask for help. I often go to his desk and just say, you know, how's it going? Are we doing okay? And he'll give me a yay or nay, um, whether he needs help or not. And so I can 
pull them aside or I can help the person beside him with, with a similar question um, so that he can get the answer without necessarily being singled out. Um, but he wasn't taking any of these opportunities again. And, um, so the problem was, if he doesn't ask for help or doesn't let us know, he doesn't know there's a problem, we don't know to help him. All right. So here's the interesting thing. At the moment, the method by which it is expected he will signal that he has, is having difficulty completing some assignment in math is to raise his hand and ask for help. Yes? Um, yes, and as well as because I know he's uncomfortable with singling himself out, I just go by and kind of just, I'll just say, everything going okay? And he knows I'm asking him, do you need help? Uh, I will look at the math of the kids around him. So at five kids, I'll check all five of their work so that I know whether he's got it or not. But he's just shutting down. Here's he's my question. And it's a judgment call. It's not a clear-cut case of an embedded solution. But my question is this. Do we know with some predictability what parts of math he's having difficulty with, even if he's not letting us know, by virtue of what he's completing and what he's not? No. We don't know what math he's not completing? He's not doing anything right now. He's so, not doing any math right very now. Very little math. Excuse me? He's doing very little math. Is there math he's doing and math he's not doing? Uh, no. He'll, get, he'll wait for the answer to be discussed or shared within a group, and then he'll copy it down. So there is, and, and it's okay if you say I'm not sure, um, because that just means we need to do a little bit more research or it would affect the wording of the unsolved problem. But now I actually feel even more strongly about the wording of the unsolved problem because what, we, what you did plan B with him on was asking for help. Now math was the subject area in which he's having difficulty asking for help. But the reality is He's completing no math right now and is waiting for virtually all answers to be put on the board, which is, which is that part not being the biggest part. The bottom line is he's completing no math right now, correct? Yes, very little. Very little. And we have not made any rhyme or reason out of what he's completing and what he's not completing. If we um, did a little research on that, is it possible that we would know better or there's really no way to know without the information coming from him what math he's able to complete right now and what math he's unable to complete? Um, I know what he's capable of doing in terms of math that he's completed in previous 
it appears at this point in time he's just got um, a roadblock. He's not so things that I, he would have done before. He's not. He's not even doing those things. So he's so he's at the moment. Yeah, like it's, it's, at the moment we're fairly unclear about. At the moment, we are pretty safe in saying he's having difficulty completing virtually everything in math. Yes. So now here's the interesting thing, and this is why I raised the possibility that there was an embedded solution. At the moment, the solution is that... Um, he will raise his hand and ask for help. And he's having difficulty doing the solution too. But the solution is to the unsolved problem. He's having difficulty completing work in math. And so the big question becomes, and this is more than just technical, this is not me being sort of too precise, is do we want to do plan B on him having difficulty asking for help? Or, and this would be my recommendation, do we want to do plan B on the fact that he's having difficulty completing virtually all the work in math? And then if we wanted to, we could split that unsolved problem along the lines of the different things he's having difficulty completing in math. But if we are doing plan B on difficulty asking for help in math, then we are actually doing plan B on our solution to difficulty completing math, but not the real unsolved problem, difficulty completing his work in math. Does okay. that make sense? Okay, it, it, yeah, it makes sense. Because it, it, he's saying that just promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just kind of looking at each other and figuring out. It does make sense. Could that also cross over to other subject areas that he's having difficulty completing work in? Well, so long as we are doing Plan B with him on difficulty asking for help, which is a solution, and not the work he's having difficulty completing then I would say we are doing plan B on our solution rather than doing plan B on an unsolved problem. And yes, I'm not sure what you mean by crossing over. Um, do you mean that he is completing very little work in anything right now? Yeah. So we picked math as because we needed to narrow it down. But this is a right. general trend but, that's happening over the last couple of months. He's stopped using the resources well, that are available to him. Uh, the tools that um, he had created with us in the earlier part of the year that he thought was going to work for him and had been working for him, he stopped using those resources and those tools. And generally, in most areas of school, is not um, producing much. Um, and when off assistance is offered, he's not taking it, nor is he seeking it out. So there's a there's a different levels of precision on splitting that we would need to deploy here. You did 
you did you did split it by not talking with him about completing work on all things. You limited it to math, and that's splitting. Okay. Uh, how, how necessary is it to split math even further into the different things in math he's having difficulty completing? Judgment call. The main point I'm making is that that's actually not what the plan B was about. The plan B was about difficulty asking for help in math. Okay. And asking for help is the solution. I'm not sure where it came from. I'm betting it wasn't collaboratively arrived at. But I think we would have been better off talking with him about the work he's having difficulty completing in math rather than the fact that he's having difficulty asking for help with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it? Yes, yeah. we're all we're all nodding our heads going yes. Good, this being a radio program, I can't see you. So, <laughs> and that's why it's important um, you know, could you split it further? into the different math assignments he's having difficulty completing? You could. Could, uh, could the reasons he's having difficulty completing different assignments in math also help us understand why he's having difficulty completing assignments in other subjects? It could. We'll find out. But the way we're going to find out is by finding out why he's having difficulty completing various assignments in math. Once we get a good understanding on that, we can ask him, the answer will either be yes or no, we can ask him if what we've just learned also helps us understand why he's having difficulty completing various assignments in English or in French or in whatever else he's having difficulty completing work in. The key point, we want to make the unsolved problem the specific assignments he's having difficulty completing, not the fact that he's having difficulty asking for help. Okay. And that's really important. Asking for help is a solution. It's the assignments that he's having difficulty completing that are the unsolved problem. Okay. If that makes sense, I'm gonna we're gonna be able to talk for three more minutes here because the plan B actually starts in three minutes. I'm gonna start this playing. And the good news is it is playing and we cannot hear it, which tells me that I've just <laughs> learned that I do have volume control on uh this little mechanism here. And when we hit the three minute mark, I'll turn the volume up and see where we are at why it only says we've got 635. It is possible that it was an hour and 635, and that what we really have on here is an hour's worth of a recording, and it just doesn't have the one in front of the 06 showing up. Um, but in about uh, two and a half minutes, I'll start playing it. But while I have you on the phone and while people are listening, this is a rather common um, thing that sometimes we adults do, we end up working on the solution to a problem rather than on the problem itself. Um, and asking for help is a very common one that we substitute 
for the actual unsolved problem. Uh, but that's our solution to what the kid is supposed to be doing, not the thing the kid is having difficulty with in the first place. So asking for help is actually, and I wanted to hear a little bit more from you all because under some circumstances I could actually see difficulty asking for help being an unsolved problem. Not in this case. In this case, this kid's actually, this student is actually doing almost no work in almost anything. Asking for help isn't going to be the unsolved problem. The assignments he's having difficulty completing will be the unsolved problems. Great. If it's an assignment that he wants to do that he has prior success at, then it's not an issue. Like he'll do, he'll work at it. Well, and if that theory is correct, then that will rule out some things that we're going to be asking him about having difficulty with because there are some assignments he's not having difficulty with. Um, the, the, the part that I would stumble on is wanting, just wanting to, just because there's such a big overlap between things we're able to do and things people say we want to do and things that we're unable to do that people are saying we don't want to do. Um, right. So I tend to stay away from wanna and tend to just focus on the specific assignments that he's either doing or not doing. And the good news is that might rule out some ones that you don't have to talk with him about. Here's the good news. We're approaching the three-minute mark. Let's listen in. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I thought uh, we talked just a little bit yesterday about. Um, remember, the reason we're doing this is we want to help you do as well as you can, right? And so uh, I hope you don't think we're picking on you, but um, it's just like to, to, to go through all these little things that when you add them all up. Um, kind of make life difficult. So, um, so one of your ideas was. Well, um, Caleb, I noticed more recently that you have you seem to be having difficulty um, asking for help. So, like with math, you seem to be having difficulty. If you don't know the uh, what you're supposed to do or what the question is, instead of asking for help or using the resources that are available to you. Seem to just shut down and not do anything. I don't. I don't understand it. It kind of puzzles me a little bit because we had worked on that beginning of this year, and you were making really good progress with that. So, just kind of wondering what's up with that. Why? Why that's changed? It's hard. What's hard? The math or asking for help? Asking for help. Okay. So. Um, so is it math in particular that yeah, you're curious about? Yeah, math is the one that is right. the one that I notice it more. So right. Yeah. <laughs> what makes it hard to ask for help? Um, I'm shy to. You're shy to. Okay. Um. Let's go say like two months ago. You weren't shy to. You were asking help. You'd ask Mr. Penner for help, or you'd ask me for help. No, I am. I don't like that No. Okay. So, can you think of what might have changed that made you feel 
don't know, he keeps asking for help. Who keeps asking for help? Kill him. Okay. Who's that guy? I don't know anybody. <laughs> so so you're, you're talking about yourself? Yeah, Caleb is having difficulty asking for help. Yeah. It is hard to ask for help sometimes. I would totally agree it's yeah. hard to ask for help. Yeah. I'm just a little kind of mm -hmm. confused because... Because he used to be able to do it. He used to be. We, at the beginning of the year, we were having trouble asking for help, and we'd made progress with that, and he was mm -hmm. working well with uh, the smaller math group and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now lately it seems like we're having troubles again and I'm not sure what's ch maybe changed or yeah. what's happening for Caleb that he is having difficulties with mm -hmm. that. I wonder if it would help if we thought of a particular time when math was when it was difficult for Caleb to ask for help. Is it more difficult to ask for help when you're with Mr. Penner's group or in the classroom? Or does it matter? In the class. Okay. So, um, what makes it what what makes it more difficult? Because some of the people might say he's asking for help all the time. Okay. Who who? Probably the people around me. Okay. Do you ask them for help sometimes? And are they able to help you? A little bit. Are, are you saying that the other kids are asking for help? No, I sometimes I ask them for help. Well, them for help. Oh. Okay. So you, you're not saying that it's hard for you to ask for help because the other kids around you are asking for help? No. You're not saying I'm that, right? Confused. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm probably confusing you. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, is, um, is there a specific, um, like even a day recently where you noticed that that Caleb was having difficulty asking for help, like he was having difficulty? Um, well, I can give. The reason I asked was because most of the time for Matthews with Mr. Penner, not in our classroom. Ah, okay. mm. Um, and so there was a time where I had asked. He went to Mr. Penner's and he didn't do any work at all. Mr. Penner was confused as to what was going on hmm. as well. And I had noticed the same things when he was in the classroom that right, he yeah. just wasn't doing the work. So, yeah. um, when, so I, I'm a little confused as to why he's stopped asking for help. Yeah. I'm just thinking, is there a, a particular type of math that you're doing right now that... Um, oh, we're doing fractions right now. Fractions, But this okay. isn't, it's not connected I mean, we were doing motion geometry prior to this, and mm -hmm. we were noticing the same thing. It's sort of like, it's slowly over time, he's um, stopped asking for help. I so it's been a progression. So we started the year off mm -hmm. having troubles asking for help, and once, once he seemed to become comfortable at, with the class and, and start going to Mr. Penners, he seemed to be um, adjusting and making um, improvements and really being asking for help and having some success and mm -hmm. then I've noticed uh, in the last sort of month that that slowly is breaking down again and I'm just right, wondering yeah. what might have happened for Caleb or what Caleb's thinking mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. what's changed in his thinking that's making it difficult yeah. for uh, Just thinking that even though it's been going on for quite a while in different kinds of math concepts, uh, sometimes 
the reason why Caleb might have difficulty with math the reasons why he's having difficulty with math on one day might be different he might it might be for different reasons that he's having difficulty on a different day mm -hmm. so I, I don't know so I was just thinking if like with with is it fractions did you We're say doing fractions right fractions yeah and and you notice that when uh, you were teaching a lesson on fractions that Caleb was having Caleb, difficulty. Yeah, when he comes to something he doesn't know, he stops mm. asking for help or using the resources that are available to him. So there's myself, mm -hmm. there's Pierre, there's Mr. Davidson, mm -hmm. and then when he's in the math group, there's Mr. Penner. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So you were saying earlier that you're shy. Yeah. What's that all about? I don't know, I just felt like asking for help. Mm. Yeah. You, so you don't like asking for help, and I, I understand that that's been a problem for you, that's a difficulty for you to ask for help, but can you think of why was it easier for you to ask for help, say, two months ago than it is? Okay, Anytown. Um, we only listened to about 10 minutes of it, and I'm really appreciative that you all sent it in and are being brave and doing these recordings. But here's the interesting point. If we're talking with him about the unsolved problem of difficulty completing the work in fractions, mm -hmm. or if we're talking with him about difficulty completing the work in geometry, then we would be focused on what it is about the fractions and what it is about the geometry that's hard for him. Right. And, but if we're talking with him about difficulty asking for help, then that's information we are unlikely to get, and instead we are likely to hear things like he's shy. And so totally a judgment call here, but I think we'd like to know what's hard about geometry and what's hard about fractions more than we want to know what it is that makes it hard for him to ask for help. But I'm open to discussion on that. Feel free to disagree. What do you guys think? I'm not so sure that that's where it's the subject area specific. I don't think it's geometry versus fraction specific, if you know what I mean. I don't think the issue is that he doesn't get fractions. Well, Only because what do you of the think, history? I'm going to ask you what, the, what you think the issue is, but I fear that in asking you that, I will be merely tempting you to theorize and hypothesize and that's something that we want to stay away from, but I'll do it anyways with great trepidation. <laughs> um, if it's well, not specific to fractions and geometry, and quite frankly, if it's, if it's the work that's not getting completed, so I'm leaving difficulty asking for help on the side now, yes. what's the theory about why he's not completing the work in math? Only reason that I would say that is I've given, we have a word problem Wednesdays, and so 
traditionally in the past, when I would give him on a world problem on a Wednesday, if he got stuck, um, which often a lot of kids would, um, either I would do it for the whole class or in the small group they would do an example or I would help him through it. Even in that where there's a repeated, it's the same constant, um, they're still using the same tools and same skills, he is stopping following that pattern as well. So he's even in an area that he is not a new top subject to him, something he's done repeatedly, he's no longer using the tools that he has to help him solve those questions. And, and that could lead to some wording changes in the unsolved problem. We have to think about that. But it sounded like you had a notion, I won't call it a theory just so we can keep talking about it, you have a notion as to what's going on, why he's not using prior learning in the service of completing current assignments. If it's not specific to the uh, task at hand, fractions or geometry in this case, what is the uh, notion as to what's going on? I don't know. That's why I'm asking him. <laughs> Well, um, what, what, the key point that I'm making is what you're asking him is why he's having difficulty asking for help. If we are 100% certain, and by the way, I'm never 100% certain, that uh, it's not specific to fractions and geometry, truth is there's no harm in having the unsolved problem be difficulty completing the fractions assignment in math. No harm in that. I don't know where that unsolved problem is going to go once he starts talking. <laughs> what I do, and truth is, we'll find out if you're right. But that's what the empathy step is for. The empathy step is for finding out what's going on. And among the things we could find out is uh, is it related to fractions or geometry, or is the specific math operation that's involved not even relevant to why he's having difficulty completing the work? But I don't want to rule anything out before I do plan B. That would be a theory keeping us from asking questions that we could be asking. And the reality is, now you've really got me curious, why is this student not completing the fraction assignment in math, and as part of our questioning, we could find out in the empathy step if fractions are somehow related to geometry or unrelated to geometry. But the key point is, I don't want to close any doors before I start the empathy step. Okay. I want to leave all the doors wide open. And here's the interesting thing. I mean, I always say this. You could be right that it has nothing to do with fractions or geometry or the specific math operation that is involved. And you might also not be right. Here's the good news. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. We're going to find out in the empathy step of plan B. So here's okay. what my suggestion would be. I don't think we want to be talking with him. I don't think we want the unsolved problem to be difficulty asking for help in math. I think we want the unsolved problem to be difficulty completing XYZ assignment 
in mass. And here's the cool part. Will you have the opportunity to go back and ask the student about this in the empathy step of Plan B before our next program? Is Ron in on Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, we meet with the student every Thursday. Outstanding. So let's revise the unsolved problem. And we will be talking with the student now about something fundamentally different. We're not asking him what, we're not asking, we're not talking about gathering information about why he's having trouble asking for help. We're gathering information about the difficulties he's having in completing specific assignments. And I know we have the theory that he has already learned this stuff and that he's not applying what he's learned. And I think that would make for more complicated wording of the unsolved problem. It wouldn't be tragic if we said to him, we've no, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wing it here and see what you all think. We've noticed that the assignments that you used to have no problem with in math are now not getting completed. What's up? I guess I could go with that. But the reality is, I think it would be more neutral, and therefore we would be encouraged. We'd be more likely to get a response <coughs> if we left out what he used to do and just said. I noticed that you're having difficulty completing the fractions assignment in math. What's up? Okay. Now we're not talking with him about having difficulty asking for help because then we're going to hear about him being shy. Now we're going to hear about what it is about these assignments that he's having difficulty with. And here's the logic of splitting it. Once we hear about what's going on with fractions, which it sounds like is the current uh, area that you're studying, once we know that, we can then say, and once again, the answer will either be yes or no, do you think that's what we just learned is why you were also having difficulty in geometry? Uh, and as part of your questioning, you can also say, now, I'm a little confused here because I think that this was something you weren't having difficulty with before but it seems you are having difficulty with it now. That's actually one of the five drilling strategies, asking about why the unsolved problem occurs under some conditions and not others. So that's not going to keep us from asking. We can ask as part of our drilling. Um, there you go. So if we can go back with this student and ask him about why he's having difficulty with a particular assignment, once we gather the information we're looking for on that assignment, we can ask him if it's something similar on another assignment. And once we find out what's going on with that, we can find out if what's going on with those assignments is also what's getting in the way on other assignments that may have nothing to do with math, but that's way further down the road. At the moment, I'm just wanting to find out why he's having difficulty completing a math assignment involving fractions. Okay. What do you think? Outstanding. I'm going to end a little bit early with you all today, given that you now have your marching orders, because we've received a question that somebody badly wanted to have me answer during the program today, and I think I'll take the last oh, five minutes of the program to answer that one. Sound okay? okay. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks, Anytown. You guys are doing a great job. This is the hard part, getting good at plan B, the hard part. I look forward to getting the next recording.
Okay, thanks. Thanks. Fabulous. Bye-bye. So let's now turn our attention to that email that uh, somebody wanted me to answer. Uh, I listened to Dr. Green's thoughtful response on his radio program last week. I will share with my team. It completely makes sense that having that a child having difficulty lining up in art class may, for different reasons, have difficulty lining up in music class. So the unsolved problem may be different. And that's um, now this is me talking, not the email. Um, that's similar to what we were just talking about. Back to the email. But if the gym teacher, music teacher, and art teacher each would like to address this with the child, beginning, as Dr. Green suggests, with individual plan B conversations, won't all these conversations and resulting solution plans inundate the child? Who do we decide to begin with? And then once there is a solution, does this mean the next specialist teacher is to sit down and talk with the child yet again about his or her difficulty lining up in their class? This all makes perfect sense, but in reality, how might it look as it is practiced with each and every teacher this child is connected to? Well, uh, yes, in some respects, this does sound a bit onerous. Um, apparently the same unsolved problem occurring in different circumstances. Now, I'm not sure, depends on how you want to play it, that it has to be each individual teacher having the conversation with them. I'd start with one, difficulty lining up after art. And in the course of that plan B, perhaps the person doing that plan B with the student knows that the student is also having difficulty lining up after recess and after music. So just like we were just talking about, it could be that teacher saying to the child, um, do you think that's also why you're having difficulty lining up after gym? So you might be able to kill three birds with one stone in the same plan B. It really depends totally on what the student's concerns are. Uh, if the concerns about lining up from art are completely different, uh, and I don't remember the examples I gave last week, but what if the student says, I never get to be first in line after art. I would like to be first in line after art just once before the school year ends. Then that teacher and the student will come up with a solution that works for both parties to see how that concern can get addressed. Of course, we need to get the teacher's concerns in there as well. But if the unsolved problem is after music, and I think I used this example last week, that he has to stand in back of Billy and Billy is a very stinky kid, and he doesn't, doesn't like smelling Billy. Billy's just stinky. That's going to be a different solution. If we clumped it and we tried to solve all of those problems at once, I don't think we'd get the information we were looking for. If we thought we might be able to apply the same solution to the concerns for both of those unsolved problems, when those concerns are completely different, we're not going to solve the problem. Here's what we know. Unsolved problems do have a way of piling up. And yes, splitting is actually more efficient. Even though splitting increases the number of unsolved problems we're working on at once, only one at a time. 
it greatly increases the likelihood that the problems will actually get solved. And in that respect, it's way more efficient. Uh, is the student going to get inundated by solutions? No, because we're going to prioritize and we're going to make sure we're only working on two or three unsolved problems at a time. And the reality is we do need to solve the he never gets to be first in line after art problem. It's a standalone problem. And we do need to solve the I don't really want to smell stinky Billy unsolved problem. So we could pretend that those are clumped or we could treat them for what they really are, distinct unsolved problems and get them solved. Wow, quite a program today. We covered a lot of territory, but that's going to do it for us today. The Educators Panel is on next week. Have a good week. I look forward to talking with you then. Take care.